0: Hey, it's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 113. We're talking to Ryan Wakefield about the three biggest obstacles communicators have. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, and that's Megan over there. And Megan, I got a question for you.
1: What's that, Seth?
0: The question is thus. Thus. What when, when you were the communication director, uh, we, we've both been communication directors, what was the toughest obstacle you think to getting things done, to just being a communication director in general? What was that for you?
1: I think for me, it was for sure time. Time? I think there was a heavy,
0: um, maybe, I don't know if it's an underestimation or just like, not, like lack of awareness of all of the things that went into what my role did. I don't think very many people knew what I, what mm-hmm. I did and how many, how many staff members like asked me to participate in the work they were doing or that I needed to, because that was my job. You know, I just right. don't think most people even knew like, oh, you do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, And that, for me, that's kind of, kind of mine was, was tied to that. It was a buy-in. Um you know, there are some that understood what we did and they were like, cool, go get it done. But then to get like initiatives, done, like if I wanted a bunch of Facebook groups going on, I needed all the staff to be involved and I needed everybody to understand it and to own it. And that was really tough to get them to go like, why should I do that? That's an extra thing. Like getting them to understand how powerful it can be. That was always really tough for me. Um, I, I brought Ryan Wakefield onto the podcast recently and I asked him the same question, like what in his Facebook group, he does the church marketing university thing. It's a huge Facebook group. He just went online today and was like, we got 10,000 members. We want to make sure this group is really helpful and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it, it's, it's like they're, they're doing really well. Um, mm-hmm. And he just was like, here's three things. And he went, no time, no money, no buy-in. And I was like, Bam. man, Okay. That was, that was crazy. That's what I hear too, you know? And so we kind of broke those down and talked about how to, as a communication director, how to, how to help get around that kind of stuff and, uh, and, 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 and solution, solutions to those problems. Um, so it's really great. Do you know Ryan? I do yeah. do. yeah. Yeah. Ryan's awesome. I mean, he's all, he does all kinds of stuff for church comms. He's fantastic. Yeah. He he's, he's, he's one of those guys where he, he does not like assume the, um, the expertise that he really has he just has it and it doesn't make you feel like you know you need to bow at his feet or anything like that you know he's just very very humble very down to earth guy one of my good friends um and just comes down and has a barbecue and he is from KC and they just won the Super Bowl so uh congratulations KC yeah well let's uh i want to get to this conversation and uh and and Hear what Ryan has to say because it's very, very good. We don't want to waste more time here. Uh, just getting to the meat of of that incredible conversation. So here's my interview with Ryan Wakefield. Thanks for listening. Churches are starting to see the power of a visual platform like Instagram. The problem is most don't know where to start. I've created this complete one-on-one course with Church Marketing University to help your church jumpstart your Instagram account and start connecting with your community. We cover how to set it up, how to use all the features available in stories and beyond, and even give you starter schedules and content ideas. Get the course for free at sethmuse.com slash free and sign up for Church Marketing University now. Well, I'm here with my friend Ryan Wakefield, and Ryan, is always a pleasure when we get together for conversations because uh, I really love the stuff that you do, and we're going to talk about that. But man... Thanks so much for being on the show. Is this, this is your second time, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Second time to be on the show. Yeah. So, how are things with you today? Is it is it storming and tornadoes up there like it is <laughs> here? How
2: about, we got an ice storm, snowstorm coming in. We also have a Chiefs playoff game ahead of us at the time we we're recording this. So, exciting times here in Kansas City. And man, anytime we get together and have conversation, especially over barbecue, Gets a little dangerous, so the audience is in for a little treat today, man. You
0: know, it's funny you mentioned the Chiefs. I'm wearing my 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 red keep clam and proofread shirt, but it's uh, it's Chiefs red, and uh, I was a Chiefs fan. And obviously, I'm a Cowboys fan too. But because I live in Dallas, you am Sorry, to be. it's yeah, <laughs> you have to be. We got a new coach. Hey, first congratulations. First all fans. Um, but I, I used to – I love the Chiefs. And here's why. <laughs> this is a stupid reason. Uh, they've always kind of been one of my, my teams I'd, I'd follow or watch if they were on. You know, I really like them. They're always scrappy and fun. But when I was in high school, I played this game called Super Tecmo Bowl. On yeah. Bowl, and they had this running back named Christian Okoye. Ooh. And Christian Okoye was the only running back in the whole game that had like 99 hit points in the game. <laughs> And so you could literally run people over with that guy, and he would shake them off in the game. So I'd always pick Kansas City, and it was right in that right after like Joe Montana went there. So the so the whole team on on the game was pretty good, and uh, and so I'd play with the Chiefs, and I always like because of that. I like the chief. I,
2: I love that man. If I'm if my memory is correct, he's uh, nicknamed the Nigerian Nightmare. Yes. And uh, if I can find it, I've got a treat that I will put in the mail. Uh, for you. And okay. uh, I'll send you something, but I got to okay. find it first. Okay.
0: okay, sure. That's awesome. Well, I know people tune into this podcast all the time to hear about football because they love football. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I, I love what you're doing for church communicators. Um, church Marketing University is a is a real great resource for churches um you have the facebook group and you have like your teaching platform of courses and I, we even did one together for instagram that's free yep. if i'll put the awesome. link in the show notes for that if you want to go get that teach everything you need to know about instagram we should probably get together and add some things they've they've done some new stuff you know yeah the, the creator stuff in there but um all the basics for instagram getting it started for your church are there go check that out but Tell us a little bit about Church Marketing University and real quick how do we get get there and get a, become part of it and what do you guys do?
2: Yeah, so what we focus on is how do we help churches get more visitors each week. So everything okay. we do at Church Marketing University is designed with that in mind. So we'll take a tool like Instagram and we'll say, "Okay, if you want to use this tool to reach more people, get more visitors every single week, here's a st- step-by-step game plan on how to do that." So we've got okay. about 30 tools that will do that. We call them courses got conferences. And then what you're mentioning, we have a Facebook group called the Church Marketers Group, where we do all that sort of conversation. Uh, that's our community. That's where we kick around ideas and what's working for you. And what about this? What about that? Um, yeah. So I know you've got a, a great Facebook group as well. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're doing over here at CMU and absolutely having a blast.
0: Yeah. And, and you're, you're in that group like every day you're You're talking about something in there every day, and it's really, really great. I mean, always good stuff too and there's there's a lot of good help in there. so if people ever have complaints about you know like never getting good help in Facebook groups or whatnot, that's a good one to join because you always get really good uh, feedback and um, practical you know help in those groups in in that group so um speaking of that group um I noticed that, you know, in, in most Facebook groups, when you're talking about church communications, you see a lot of the similar kind of patterns of issues that people deal with. And particularly church communicators, church marketers, we all have differing sizes of church, you know, and and populations and where we are, et cetera. But essentially we kind of can boil these things down to some, we all kind of deal with the same core issues when it comes to communicating. And I asked you what you thought the like top three were and you quickly went bam, bam, bam. Here they are. And I was yep. like, yep, that's it. That's the one. So I wanted to talk to you about those things. What were the three? And then let's break those down.
2: Yeah. And I, I think we, if we're not careful in the church world, church com world, we have these limiting beliefs and mm-hmm. a lot of the questions that we're asking, a lot of the conversation we're ha- having the underlying issues go back to one of these three areas. Right. And that's what I think if our audience will hang with us um, because we're going to have a lot of like real talk because I know you and I, when we address these topics, um, man, it's going to be a little bit like a punch in the face, but uh, the the three.
0: I like uh, to punch people in the face pretty regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I figure if it happens to me, I should be able to do it back. You know, so it's, it's just kind of this, this, uh, this, uh, you know, payoff thing, (laughs) but yeah, you're right. It it is. It's going to be real talk, man
2: here it is. So no time, like we don't have enough time. Like there's all these excuses around, like we just don't have enough time to do what we want. We've got all these dreams. We just don't have the time. Then the one that's also there is similar. Is like no money, like no budget, no equipment, nobody invests in us. We don't have this. We don't have that. We don't have. So again, all these limiting beliefs around what you don't have when it comes to budget finances and money. And then the third one that we see a lot is we've got no buy-in. And again, there's all sorts of spin offs on these, these limitations, right. but these are the underlying things that we've got to address to really solve a lot of the, the issues that we're facing. So, the buy in issue is like my, my leadership doesn't buy in, my board doesn't buy in, they're yeah. not giving me what I need, they don't trust me, they don't believe in me, they're not, you know, all these things. And so, right. when you ask me, like, what are those conversations in our groups that the whether they're excuses or limitations or Common questions coming up is like, how do we solve the time, the money and the buy-in issues? And if yeah, we man. could get that conversation started on this podcast, uh, man, your audience is going to be way better off because of it.
0: For sure. And and I'll tell you this, as soon as you said that, I was like, well, that's the same as my group, same stuff, yeah. you know, I hear yeah. the same stuff in church communications, big groups and, you know, social media managers group and all these other groups. When we're talking to other people that do what we do, um, I, I see these same themes as well. And um, so let's, let's dig into t- the first one time. I, I think yeah. that's the big one. A lot of times we, we feel like how do we get everything done with just 24 hours in a day? Right. Like it seems like we, that should be doable, but it often seems like it's not. Um, what are some common you know, issues and how do we attack this issue of time?
2: Yeah, and again, here's where the punches will start coming in the face. So hang in there. Okay. Get your coffee, and and because I, if we were in person eating barbecue, we'd probably you know throw these softer and we, you know, like encourage people. But we don't have time for that. So here comes the punches in the face. If you're dealing in your major excuse or limitations like we don't have time, there's a few things I would talk to you about right away. Number one, is it because you don't have your priorities? Like, and we see this all the time in church con world, like people are trying to do way too much. And, you know, we just talked about Facebook groups and we love Facebook groups, but some of you need to get out of the group and go do some things, right? Like quit complaining (laughs) that you don't have time. Like, Like, do you have your priorities in order? And for some of you, it means doing less things really well doing Mm -hmm. less things really well. So if you constantly are like hitting, like, I just don't have the time, I just don't have the time. One of my first questions to you is going to be, do you have your priorities in line? Because priorities have a magic way of bringing back and redeeming our time because we now know what's important and what's not important. So that would be my thought right off the gate. I kind of have three of these kind of solutions when it comes to time. But sure. Seth, what's your thought about priorities in the church com world?
0: Man, I think it, it makes a lot of decisions for you when you know what, yeah. the, what your priorities are. And when you're thinking about your time, um, that's something for me as a newly found entrepreneur working from home. You know, I, I get up in the morning, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do today? Like, yeah. like there's a million things to do, but how do you pick what you do? You know, it's like, that's important. So I found like, I even theme my day, like AM mm. on Monday, I'm working on content and in this PM on Monday, I'm working on stuff for, um, you know, church you know, this business that I'm working on, you know, or whatever. And I label that stuff out and I have a chart. It's actually behind me right now. It's, you can't see it off camera, but it's on a whiteboard. And so I don't forget, you know, it's like I have to have some kind of direction and that keeps my work, organize. And, and obviously you can use project management tools and things like that. And I found ones that I like. Um, but ultimately it's knowing what I want to accomplish. And yeah. I often find that when people come to me with social media and they're like, I'm so burnt out. I don't know what to post. Mm. I don't know what to do on Facebook. I don't know what to do on Instagram anymore. I had this conversation this morning with somebody on a coaching call and he was like, I just, I'm stuck. And I was like, well, what are you trying to do with these platforms? He's like, I don't really know. And when we have this kind of wide, I'm just posting to post. Yes, that's exhausting. Yes, that feels like you're always behind the eight ball. You're always running behind because you're coming up with it last minute because you don't know what to do. And when you know, like my Instagram is for this, then Mm -hmm. the content kind of creates itself in a way, you know, at least it directs your thought so that when you're creating and planning, you know what doesn't work. So you don't waste any brain power on that in a way, you know, so it it just brings you a focus. And I think when you're focused, um, it's easier to stay ahead of the game with your time, Yeah, you know, when you know what you're trying to do.
2: Man, that's huge. And I think, I think a lot of church con people can relate to that, where you just go to a social media platform, you're like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. And I think that's a symptom of the underlying issue of, we haven't been clear on what our priorities are here are. Mm-hmm. What are What is the win here? What in the world are we trying to do um, here? Yep. And, and take the time this year to, to get clarity, get those priorities in place, say no to some of the platforms, say no to some of the shiny things, yep. go back to the basics that actually make a big difference, even if it's not as sexy as TikTok or Snapchat or the latest shiny thing. Like, right. how do we, you know, do better with it when it comes to the basics like email and text messaging and our website? Like, you're, you know, it's not, again, it's not super sexy, but those are the things that make a difference over the long haul. So they right. notice some of the things, prioritize, get clarity, and you will find the time that you have is way more effective mm-hmm. and you. You get that you get that excitement of seeing like, oh, this is actually making a difference, which again, keeps you fired up, keeps you moving forward and away from these kind of excuses. Um, And I I know we've got to go through this because we've got a lot of things to talk about. But real quick, the other two parts of this no time, I would just say to be careful about is the people that tend to be perfectionist like that will kill you if everything has to be perfect. And I know some people that's just built into your DNA, but Mm -hmm. you've got to learn how to ship things. Yes, we want excellence, but man, get things going. Uh, Things executed, implemented are way better than something that has to be perfect that's never shipped. So just be careful that you may find if you don't have enough time, it's because you feel like Everything has to be perfect and that will destroy you. And then the last thing I would say is if you find like you don't have time, it could be because you're trying to do everything yourself. And that's not the biblical model for ministry. The biblical model for ministry is equipping other people for the work of the ministry. So if you're saying I have no time, my guess is another statement that is true about you is you've got no volunteer team. So be careful that ministry is not all about you and what you can do, because at the end of the day, when you're done at that church or that ministry opportunity, you're going to look back and you're like, man, the key things, the things that actually mattered were the relationships, where it was the team. It was doing ministry, doing life together, and and being a part of this incredible gospel mission with other people. And if you go through a ministry season and you're trying to do it all yourself, you will find one you won't have time, and two, you won't have the reward of doing life in ministry with other people the way it's supposed to be done. So right. those would be my three things That's to awesome. just watch out for. You've got no time. The priorities, the volunteers, and the tendency to be a perfectionist.
0: Yeah, and, and I love that you bring up this, that I think of the story of Moses and, and his father-in-law with the best name ever, the most biblical um, name, Jethro. Um, his, his uncle, uncle, his father-in-law Jethro is like, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're spending all day on these little menial tasks, assign Mm. these out to people, delegate. And I don't know, it's the, uh, when you're talking about the, the perfectionism, I think that's a huge issue, especially when it comes to marketing, because we want things to be our best foot forward Mm. and we want to make the best impression we can with people Um, But sometimes we kind of misunderstand what actually makes the impression. Is it how it looks? Is it how it feels? Or is it what it does? And sometimes it's, yeah, how it looks. Sometimes it's not. And I think it's Seth Godin or somebody talks about the curve, uh, the dip or whatever, um, how it takes a lot of work to get it up to like 80%. But at some point, let's say it's 80% good. 85% good to get from 80 to 85 to from zero to 85%. It takes a lot of work, but to get it from like 85 to 90%, it takes like just as much work as it did before. And it's like, well, that's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? It's like all the work it took me, it's like super hard to get that extra 5%. It's not worth that. Let's just ship it with 85% and call it done and move on to something else. that's more important. And so I think that's something that's really hard for us to do. And a lot of times I see us wasting a ton of time on social media. I, yeah. I can't believe I'm really saying that, you know, cause that's, I love social media, but we work so hard to make it so good and so perfect. And it's going to be gone in 24 hours. Yeah. You know, it's like, get it good, do it well, but move on. You well, know? Let me
2: maybe give a quick mindset shift in a shift that's happened in the church world that if we're not careful, we're going to be way left behind because over the last yes. 20 years, the mantra in the church world led by, you know, Willow Creek and, and, and others was excellence. Excellence mm-hmm. honors God, inspires others, which I, I fully believe in. I love excellence. Totally agree. And, and there was a shift where if your church could just be excellent, you would stand out in the community because there were so many churches that just didn't honor people's time. It was it was a whole mess. And so if you could be excellent, you stood out. There has been a huge shift now in our culture, if you're not careful if you're still stuck on excellence because you're a perfectionist and that's maybe the culture you grew up in, the the key thing right now is relationships, authenticity. Mm -hmm. And so getting something, that's why being live, being in the moment, being relational, connection, trumps excellence every every step of the way now in our culture. And oftentimes, excellence in our culture now actually works against you because excellence screams to our brain, this is an ad, this is marketing, this yep. is not authentic. Too shiny. I need to block this out. And so if you're stuck in the old mindset of church that we just need to be excellence in order to reach people, I think you're gonna find more and more, you're gonna end up repelling people. So now relationships win the day, authenticity yep. wins the day. That's why being present, being relational is way more important than being having it perfect. The perfect graphic is going to get slaughtered by somebody who's just there having a real conversation mm-hmm. every single time on social media. So quit trying to get the perfect graphic because it's not going to work anyway.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and, and that's where I think part of the problem is, oh, but this looks good on us. and And it's not about us. It's about the relationship. It's about helping people find and follow Jesus. And if we're truly concerned more about that, then man, kick perfectionism to the curb and just be present and have conversations with people.
0: Yeah, and I would say too, in my experience with people, my personal opinion, when I have seen churches that uh, really go hard on that excellence piece on social media, a lot of that is because they don't have social media as a legitimate part of their ministry strategy. Mm. It is a advertisement strategy. It is a look at us strategy. When we're talking about that, it really does shift what kind of content you're making. And, you know, not to say that we don't do relationships and authentic stuff on social media well, but what did, what that's a relative term. You know, quality is a relative term. Yeah. And we have to be willing to shift a little bit to get quality what? Again, coming back to priorities, what are you trying to do on social media? Many of us don't know. And for sure, many of our leadership you know, people over us don't know really. Cause it's just, we know, we need it. Just go do it. And I don't know how many pastors are not on social media, not involved. They don't think about it. It's our job to educate and to help them understand that. But for the most part, there is a divide there with priorities and we're trying to figure out how to get social media and other things too, not just social, but websites and how we're spending our money on Google dollars and just kind of what are we spending our time on creating for um, yeah. not just our services what is the best priority for us in reference to our time, where should we be spending it? And a lot of times I think with social, especially we see that excellence factor in there because we don't have a real priority for that in our ministry strategy, we I don't love understand that. how that fits in. And so it's a conversation you have to have with ministry leaders in your church, not just communicators and marketers that get on the same page so yeah. that so that we're not constantly struggling to spend so much time on a graphic. Yeah.
2: Well, and you bring up a really, really, really good point. And I think it might help your audience to give a, a practical example. If we can redefine what excellence looks like. Yes. Excellence nowadays does not look like that perfect graphic. Excellence is oh boy, we saw somebody in our community that's in the hospital and we cared enough to reach out and give them a thoughtful, direct message about how we're praying for them. Like that should be our definition nowadays of excellence, Mm -hmm. not the graphic means w- way less than a personal, thoughtful, relational message that, oh, my yeah. word, you're in the hospital. We're praying for you. What can we do for you? How can we help you? Um, you know, do you have a life group that's rallying around you? Like, what can we do? We're your faith community. That yeah. is excellence. And so right. we've got to shift our brain that yeah, away from excellence is not the graphic. Excellence is the ministry being done, like you yeah. said, through social ministry.
0: The graphic is the means.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And, and, and again, you know, I think I just say, say this because I think I need to because people think I, I advocate for just garbage and I don't. I think mm-hmm. you should do your very best, yeah. but your best needs to be, again, a relative term that needs to be qualified with what are we trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I think when you do that, you get a little bit more success and you still have decent stuff and you're proud that you can be proud of that's out there um, that really doesn't take the time it takes. To get back to, you know, what is priority, what is important. Yep. Um, so again, all this relates back to that priority of time and your time and your priorities and how you're looking at it. So I think that's that's again we've connected it to so many different things already. You can see how this mm-hmm. is one distilled down thing that everyone deals with. So let's talk about money. Money was yeah. the second. You said. That's always fun. Everybody loves talking about money um, in the church, especially it's our favorite topic. Um, how is money uh, a barrier or excuse? Because we all need it, but we all say we don't have it. And, yeah. and how do we get there with money? Yeah. That's, that's a big issue.
2: And this fleshes itself out in these groups and these questions and conversations in a lot of different ways. People will be like, hey, we're a small church struggling to kind of do an implement what the big churches are doing. We don't have our, you know, the latest DSLR cameras and like, there's all sorts of like excuse after excuse after excuse. And if we're not careful, we're focusing on this limitation without seeing what we have at our disposal. And so I'm just going to advocate for a huge mindset shift and, and the stuff in our culture and the stuff throughout history that's been done, like that changes people, that changes culture. Honestly, when you look at it, back at it it's like because they had a limitation of money like mm-hmm. when people have way too much money they end up creating things that's just garbage um you know my i got a friend yeah. and a coach john eric moser says that's why like typically sequels are terrible is because the first movie was built on this like they had no budget they had no uh, yeah. brand and they came up with something that created it was awesome then they made a whole bunch of money and then they created garbage the second yep. time around so if you have no money quit looking at that limitation and start thinking, okay, what do we have? One, we have the God of who created everything, who created the world, who if, do we truly believe that his spirit resides in us? Like, okay, like, that's a huge advantage. Like we have, we should be the most creative people on the planet because we serve a creative God. And, and so, man, okay, that could be all we need Two, we have a team, like even if your church is 15 people, You have the God of the world and you have 15 people like, okay, now what else do we have? Well, you have in your pocket, you probably has the most technically advanced piece of equipment that's ever been created called an iPhone, (laughs) right? Like that you can do, you can run an entire, you can run a million dollar business on an iPhone nowadays or an iPad. So Mm -hmm. And they do it. Start looking at what you have at your disposal and quit looking at your limitations and get creative of what you could do in your community and don't use the excuse, oh, we're just a small church or we can't do what that big church is doing. Good. Do something else. Get your team together, pray, and and do something only that your church
0: can do uh,
2: with what you do have. And And here's what we, yeah, go ahead.
0: uh, Well, I was going to say, I think that when. Um, we're often most creative when we have the least to work with because we yeah. have to be. Yeah. And, and it has to, I mean, some, of, there are churches with zero budget um, doing some really creative things because, and, and I don't have examples because you would never know it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I know my church that I'm going to now um, is a startup. They give 40% of their budget away every year. They're it, it's in a school. They have no intention of getting a building. And they're still doing really great communication pieces, print pieces, social media, uh, with somebody who has a phone, they're volunteering to do it. You know, mm. it's like they're using Canva or spark Adobe spark to make social posts and they're writing their emails, you know, at home and, you know, using free stuff like the free version of MailChimp to display their list. You know, there's just free stuff everywhere. The, the issue, I think we, we, when someone says I don't have enough money, it's because maybe they just don't know the right people. Mm. And this is one of the things I would say, you know, that the value of like groups and communities like what we have, like church marketing universities, Facebook group, my Facebook group, when uh, you ask people, what are they doing? And, and I know it gets annoying to see the same questions over and over in those groups sometimes, but here's the deal that I've learned in communication. I often, and you often, we talk to each other about some of this high level, you know, communication stuff, and we say, let's use the phone, but we know about 4K cameras. We know about all these Mm. products and services. We know all this stuff exists. It never ceases to amaze me that there are people that do this job that don't know this stuff. Mm. And it's like, it's not their fault. They just don't know. And, and they're having to get, creative so getting in a network and asking questions is a great way to for them to learn about all these little 101 kind of things like did you know sunday Social.TV is 20 bucks a month mm. that's not very much for great social media and did you know that mailchimp has a free plan or sendfox is a is a 50 bucks for a lifetime access up to 50 wow. you know, 5000 wow. 5, contacts and it's very simple but it's there and you wouldn't know it unless you know somebody that's using it because yeah. how are you going to find out? You know, it's like there's so many people trying to buy for your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed. How are you going to find out unless you know people and ask questions? So I think when it comes to money, really, when we, we feel like we don't have the money, what we really don't have is the, uh, the right people in our lives to help us out. And, and you just need to ask questions.
2: Yeah. And I, I love to get st- Super practical, too, like with each of these kind of excuses. Okay, Ryan, you're, you're getting us fired up. Seth, you're getting us thinking about how we can use people in our network and, and get to know what's out there and, you know, special pricing for nonprofits and all this. Well, what does this practically look like? And, and here's, again, there's been this sh- huge shift in our culture where, honestly, you have every small church has something that is more powerful than money at your disposal. And here's what it is. Thoughtfulness. Because the big church, you may look at the big church down the road and be like, well, every visitor that that big church gets, they send a mug, they send a $10 Starbucks gift card, they send a shirt, goodness gracious, by the time that thing's over, they get send them 50 bucks, and we don't have 50 bucks. Well, you know what you have, and we're t- talking about your phone, you have a kids volunteer that loves uh, little Caitlin that came that day, and that's in the third grade, you have, that volunteer has a phone, that volunteer, as soon as service is done, could get on, shoot a selfie video. It's like, hey, thanks so much for uh, bringing Caitlin to church today, it was so cool to get to meet her. I can already tell she's such a creative little girl. We talked about the story of Noah today, and yeah. man, she was just absorbing it. And I just wanted to follow up and say, thanks for, for giving me the chance to get to meet Caitlin. Hopefully I get to meet her next week. Like a thoughtful video message that you then text to the parents from your yes. kids volunteer thoughtfulness means more than money in our culture today. So again, take your limitations, be like, okay, we don't have all the things that maybe the big church has or the big corporation down the road, but what do we have? We have thoughtfulness and we have a phone and we actually care about Mm -hmm. people that will make a bigger difference in people's lives because brands don't do that anymore. Big churches typically don't do that anymore. So people aren't getting thoughtfulness in their life from very other, many other places. So if you can yeah. do that, you will stand out and you will make an impact. And fortunately or unfortunately, you will probably be a big church before too long. Um,
0: <laughs> well, that's something too that I've, I've worked in both. And what what churches who are small with no budget, 150 people, 100 people in your church, you're like, man, I can't do half this stuff that these bigger churches do. need to understand that I often forget, and I think they do too. Is that the big church is spending most of their money trying to get to a place where the little church is to mm. make it feel that way?
2: Yep, that's because true.
0: they realize they've gotten away from their ability to do what you can do, and so they have to spend their money hiring more people so that you can have more one-on-one, which is a huge expense, or they're trying to hire you know companies and and resource so they can get more granular kind of communications going to be more specific if they're understanding the culture. So as a smaller church with no money, you know um, you actually have quite the advantage for more deeper impact than a larger church may have. A larger church has to spend more money to get deeper impact. You don't, you know, like yeah. you're saying, you can have a deeper impact with fewer people. Sure. But you can do things that the big church kind of wishes they could do. yeah. And, and that's something we don't always think about. You're the small church. like we always wants to be the big church, you know, right. and, and maybe you don't, maybe that's not you, but for the most part, you look at what big churches do and go, oh, how can we get to that point? How can we do that? Um, it obviously takes money to do some of that, but at the end of the day, you look at what you're doing and who God has put in your life and who, who God has put in your ministry. You're called them. Yeah. You're not called to have 10,000 followers on Instagram. So you can have a swipe up link in your stories. <laughs> like that's not, that may not be you and that's okay. You know, it's like, you've got, the people you've got and you've got the ability to do things with them that some of these other churches can't do uh, with yeah. the money that they have and they spend their money trying to get to that point. So enjoy it, you know, and, yeah. you know like you said, write the notes send the selfie video, uh, send the handwritten thank you card, you know, do the things that it's you can do that um, you know, that the big churches kind of wish they could.
2: Yep. Absolutely.
0: So I think when it comes to money, another um, you know, ways, when you look at, you gotta be, you've got to look at your budget and be, um, uh, responsible. is not the right word. Um, cunning. I guess mm. is a good word. Cunning with your budget. Yeah. Um, how are you spending what you spend? You know, I know that the, many churches have a, a small budget and they may have like a book fund, you know, where you can buy a book every month and you don't maybe you didn't even know you had it. I know I was a youth pastor once and I was like, I discovered I had a book fund and they would give me like <laughs> 50 bucks a month. And I'm like, I don't. I'm not gonna use that, you know. I listen to podcasts and read blog I might read one book a year. I'm not. I, I read really fast, but I just really don't like it. But um, how can I take that fifty bucks? What's happening to it? Can I put it into something else? You know, it's like get ahead of your budget, get control, and realize where do I need help? Can I staff that? Can I contract with that? Um, can I hire one of these services? Can I get some help doing these things? Can I be smarter with my money? You know, where that. am I really? I know as a youth pastor, we ate 90% of our budget. We, we just <laughs> eat it. And, and it's like, we literally eat it. We buy pizza, we buy food. We, buy, we go out to eat with people. I mean, we're eating our budget. And it's like, could I do less of that and put it more into this? You know, and mm. your kids don't have to have pizza every Wednesday night. We can do that once a month instead, you know, or something like that. Um, find ways to take what you're spending and go, what's really, again, back to the priorities. What is the yeah. priority? And how am I spending my money? And it's the way I'm spending my money matched up with what my priorities are. I always used to say, like, if you really want to know what's important to somebody, you look at how they spend money. Yep. You really want to see what their priorities are. It's where do they put their money. And, yep. and so I would take a look at, hard look at your budget and say, where am I really spending money?
2: Yep. I think that's a, definitely a biblical principle, you know, mm-hmm. and closely aligned exactly what you're talking about, uh, seeing the Bible that if you're faithful with little, um, you know, it says it will be given much. And so part of, you know, this equation here is are like exactly what you're saying. Are you being faithful with the little that you have yes. and, or are you, you keep investing in the same thing that's not giving you a return on that investment. We also see that parable in the new Testament, right? So, right. um, man, if you're investing in something and you're not getting a return, you're not getting a kingdom return, stop it.
1: Stop.
2: <laughs> like Just do try something else. something
1: else. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we can help else.
2: you. I mean like Seth can help you. Our, our Facebook groups can help you. we seeing you can help you, but stop it. Like let's get that shifted into something yeah. else. And maybe it doesn't, that doesn't work. Well, you're no worse off. Like now right. try something else. Right. Um, you know, and so. and, I,
0: and I'll, I'll do a personal plug here for coaching. I think that one of the best investments you can make for your church is yourself. You know, it's like invest in yourself, invest in your church by investing in yourself. And if you need help with some of this stuff, call somebody and do it. I'll do it. Call somebody else. I know a ton of great coach. Bill Battle does coaching. He's awesome. Do you guys do coaching?
2: We send all our coaching requests to you, man.
0: Okay. Awesome. I'm saying Seth, that. man, why, 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 why go to it.
2: anywhere else, man? Get <laughs> Seth as your coach. Like, what are you doing? if you Well, need, like, you I know, S-
0: I know Sunday you does <laughs> coaching. Um, uh, so, and there's a lot of places to get it, you know, and they have these different, you just know, have to look. Um, that church conference had, uh, Justin. Just had, stop
2: um, doing the list. Just go to Seth. Like, ca- Come to me first to- and <laughs> see if
0: I can take you. That'd be great. <laughs>
2: lot of a can, I you
0: can go to the others, but I we'll help it. you look through that stuff and make sure you're doing that the right way, and you know, really help you monetize and uh, not monetize, but streamline what you're you're doing with your money. Um, okay, so time, money, big issues. Third one, I gotta be honest, it's touchy because everyone deals with this. It's buy-in. Yep, and some of us may really struggle because some of us might be jerks. With buy-in i mean honestly i I say what I think, and sometimes people don't like that. you know that's that's a hurdle for me and so this is a very relational issue at a lot of times when it comes to buy-in so um how do we how do we get buy-in in, as church communicators because we're often middle management yep. we often have ability to make some decisions, but ultimately we can be overridden you know and yep. and, and we we gripe about that in our groups a lot but What do we do with buy-in? How do we get started in this kind of understanding this issue?
2: Okay. So I know we just slammed on our book, uh, the book budget line item. But if you do have a book budget line item and you struggle with this issue, go buy an old classic book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Buy that book and implement it through a, a ministry philosophy because Um, a lot of what we'll deal with with the buy-in comes back to human behavior and and marketing uh, in relationships. Um, So if you struggle with this and you're like, man, again, my lead pastor, my leadership, my direct report, who I report to, my board, like if you, at any point you're saying any of those don't buy into, to you personally or your ideas or your vision or your leadership, um, Start there, and we'll work work you through some other other ideas as well. But the yeah. big mindset shift that I would encourage everybody listening to to think about when it comes to this issue of buy-in is the problem is we try to get people to buy into us, and I know this will sound counterintuitive, but you don't want to start there. My first no. question is going to be: Have you bought in? Have you bought into your leadership? Have you bought into their vision? Have you bought into your church? Have you bought into your church culture? Uh, That is the first question, and then that leads to a whole series of things that we can unpack, meaning when your leader is is determining, and they don't even consciously think through, oh, I buy into this person, but I don't buy into this person. I buy into that budget, but not their budget. What they're thinking is, God has given me a vision. We're trying to accomplish that who on the team is all in with this vision? Who is, who is ready to go? Who's ready to take the hill? Who's right beside me, linking arms, ready to fight. Like who are those people? And I'm telling you, they in turn buy into you as well. When you have bought into the mission the vision and the culture and the leader, that is the first step to them buying into you. The second thing is we are all selfish as human beings. So if you're trying to get a, as some sort of vision your leader to buy into something you want to redo the stage you want to change the music you want to put the drums somewhere else you want to paint the sanctuary like if you're trying to get them to buy into something you Mm -hmm. have to realize they don't think like that they think in terms of that again the big picture vision and then they're thinking selfishly always about that vision so they're not they don't have time to think okay what's your vision No, they're always consumed by what God's put on their heart and the vision that they have. So your responsibility is to show how whatever you have on your heart, how that ties in and helps accomplish the vision God has put on your leader's heart. And if you can tie those dots together, I'm telling you, they will buy in because they've already bought into the vision that's on their heart. So it's kind of that human behavior, selfish thing. But if you're you're wanting buy-in, You have to go through that steps. Have you bought in and then is whatever you're trying to sell a part of the vision that your leader is already casting and has already bought into? If those things, two things are true, you will never struggle with buy-in again.
0: Right. And I think it's time to pass the plate now um, because that (laughs) will turn in our hymns to number three. (laughs) We're going to sing stanza one of just as I am because that- (laughs) that's the end of the sermon, right? That's serious. That's it. Um, the buy-in part, it really starts with you. And, and I don't know how many times I've seen people get derailed. It's derailed me, you know, where mm-hmm. you feel like you're, you're not getting traction with leadership. They don't seem to understand what you do. They don't seem to you know, care. And it's like, you're, it's, it, they don't think that you get what they do. You know, mm. and it's like you're just not clicking. And I think a lot of it is what you're talking about. It's like they don't understand how the things you care about fit into what they're trying to do as a whole yeah. in, the, in the church. There is a vision, there is a, a goal, there is something, even if it's not clear, you may have a leader that's not super clear about what they're doing. And, yeah. you know, that, that happens. Um, and and you might be totally laser focused on what we should do, and and this is why some of these conferences and things are good, but they're dangerous because you get this mm. idea of here's what it has to look like, here's what we are going to go back and do, and then you go back and your leadership is like no, yeah. that. that doesn't make any sense. It's because they haven't connected it to the vision. And I think when I tell uh, communicators when we talk about this, uh, something I've learned, something I uh, and usually the hard way is that you have to think like a pastor. When you're talking, when you're getting people to help, you know, when you're talking about communications with them, you can't go in and talk about well. we had, uh, we were up 3% on our, uh, you know, likes on Facebook or this ad got two or three people, you know, to share. And and it's like, we got, uh, this email was open 50% 50 when we normally get 20. It's like, cool. (laughs) I don't care about those numbers. (laughs) That doesn't mean anything. There's no context. But when you can say like, somebody shared this and had a, started a conversation in Facebook with a friend and then they showed up and mm-hmm. they accepted Christ. Wow. Now you're talking about something they care about. And now it's yep. like, Oh my gosh, social media can do that. You know, it's like, let's, let's invest. Let's look at it. It's like, it's, it, you got to wrap that vision up in what you're doing and we're so about the stuff, the shiny yeah. toys and the cool you know stats and the charts and everything. Cause it, because finally, something in ministry is measurable, right? It's like we have something we can look at and go, look, I did better than last time. <laughs> you know, it's like I did something. I look, look at this. It's great. But it's just not a number and a metric that translates to ministry unless you wrap it in that um, context of the yeah. vision of what you're trying to do with yeah, your parents
2: let's give the audience a really specific example. Uh, okay. I, and I love doing that because that's, I always love it when the communicator will take the time and be like, okay, now I can see how this fleshes out. So you go to a conference, uh, we're there, we all hear Nona Jones talk about Facebook groups. We're fired mm-hmm. up. Yeah, Nona, no. like that's awesome. We need a Facebook group. Yeah. So our tendency again, go home and, and tell our, our leadership, Hey, we need to start a Facebook group. They immediately like, why? I don't really care. Like mm-hmm. go back to your Go back to your cave. We'll talk to you next year after the yeah. conference. Or they'll so, say, in,
0: fine, go ahead. Uh, yeah. it, you know, like yeah. whatever. Like Which like, may I'm even be anything. worse. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not going to yeah. do anything. You can do whatever you want to do. You know, go so, for it.
2: In this example, what Seth and I are talking about, our first responsibility is to come back and be like, okay, what is our leadership passionate about? And again, they may not even be super clear. They might not even know that they are super driven by personal discipleship. Like their big thing. Yeah. They may not have clarified it. They may not say it, but you can tell every sermon, every vision thing that they're casting, really they get fired up when people go deep in their faith. And that's what really gets your leadership fired up. So you are, you could define the, the value for them as like the big thing that they care about mm-hmm. is discipleship. People going deep. So now you've got this desire to do a Facebook group and you know a huge core value of your leader, whether spoken or not, is is discipleship okay so now what you come back and do is like come back okay pastor i know you're passionate about people going deep in their faith they're like oh yeah you're right you're right you know and you're like i know you love it you get fired up when people like are just being discipled and and you're so good at sharing devotionals and helping people go to like oh you know thank you for those kinds of words like you know i I, you're right like i'm passionate about this like okay (laughs) Pastor, what if I told you, I think in this year I could help you go. We could do that even better as a church. Oh, my word. Yeah, let's talk about, like, what what ideas do you have? Well, I, ha- I think I've got some tools. Like, you don't even necessarily have to tell, like, that would allow you to, like, do a weekly devotional and everybody in the church could tune in go through that devotional with you uh, like throughout the week carry on the conversation could take what you're talking about and go deeper like oh my word that sounds awesome like why don't you go do that let's go do that like what do we need to do next like mm-hmm. you've tapped into what they care about what they're passionate about yep. you don't have to even tell them about all the what it what this is is this you know a, a group is this TikTok? tock this is snapchat like they don't even care You've just connected the dots of what God has put on their heart and you're bringing a solution to the table. And I'm telling you, they will buy in. And then if you can actually deliver results, oh my gosh, the next time you come to the table, they will be like, okay, what do you have? Seth, tell me, what do you got because we're seeing more and more people being discipled and you know that fires me up. So that's kind of how I think that plays out.
0: I always say this in kind of a pithy little phrase is that uh, pastors don't care about stats. They care about stories. And Mm -hmm. what that means is, is that they're not in ministry to get more followers on Instagram. They're in ministry to get people connected with Christ and deepen their faith in community. And, Mm -hmm. you know, those are biblical mandates and we're about that too, but we easily get wrapped up in those numbers because we see it as like those numbers represent what we can do with what your vision is. But you've got to be the one that connects those dots. And shows yep. it, that that's what we're doing because otherwise it's just going to be numbers. And I'll, I'll tell you that I had a, um, we, we launched a campus um, in my last church and it was going to be a mobile campus. We we're meeting at a school, that kind of thing. And, you know, before we started, one of the things that we put into the strategy was we, we had somebody had already started a Facebook group for this particular area from, for people from our church that lived in this area because they wanted a campus there so bad. So I just got control of that group. And I remember talking to the guy who's going to be the campus pastor. Um, I I brought him in my office. I'm like, here's everything that you can do to grow your campus before you even launch. Hmm. And we took a group of 200, 180, 200 people, grew it to over a thousand people the day it launched. The campus actually launched, wow. and we had over 1,200 people show up that first day. That probably wouldn't have. And that Facebook group was a big part of it. But hmm. um, one of the things that he he and I were talking about. We were talking about how to disciple people. We're talking about how to get people connected. You can go live. You can do these kinds of things. And I'm showing him how he can be a pastor to his church in that group before he gets to meet with them. And yeah. I'll never forget as he's walking out of my office. It was this very cool comic book kind of moment because he's kind of like that. Um, he he stops in the doorway with his back to me, and he kind of turns to the side and over his shoulder says to me, "Go like that's cool the image already," and he goes until we launch this facebook group is my campus isn't it Mm. and i went yep it is (laughs) and he went got it and he walked down to my office and he proceeded to kill it in that group from then on um that kind of that's the vision connected with technology that i think um we have to work overtime to help connect those those dots and and when you get buy-in like that like i got from the campus pastor He goes off and he does what he needs to, you know, I helped him and resourced him and he taught him how to do things, whatever, as far as content goes. But man, he was the face of that group. They knew who he was when he showed up, when they showed up at church that first Sunday, the second Sunday, it's still going strong. And I know that it was successful because before they even launched, there are parents in there trying to get groups together for their high school students to meet up. Mm. There are, you know, groups forming to play basketball. There were groups forming, they, they started home groups in there before we were like, let's start home groups. And they were like, well, we're starting a home group. I'm like, wow. whoa, 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 what's going on? You know, it's like it took <laughs> off because they had a place to connect, you know, it's like, and, and, and all we had to do was steer it. It was taken off yeah. because that's what can happen if you get, and our people are very mobile friendly. They're very upwardly mobile. They're young you know, 40s and, you know, kind of generation, uh, they're in their forties, they have kids. And so they're connected and they're online. Um, you may have trouble if if that's not your demographic, but we had that and we knew this could be really successful. And that Facebook group exploded and is responsible for a lot of that growth and that, that campus starting off. Well, great launch, you know, it was a great launch. I love it, man. And, and that's, that's what we do for, you're getting that buy-in you have to connect it to a vision of what they're trying to do they're not trying to grow a facebook group they're trying to do ministry and, and yep. it's like when you put in those contexts, man you get the buy-in uh it's just it's so much sweeter because there's a lot, definitely a lot of times where i felt like i didn't have that yep. and and that was frustrating
2: for yep. sure that's, that's such a beautiful example and and so true and that's And and, uh, here's the downside is normally when you do the whole buy-in part, right? Like at the end of the day, as the church communicator, you don't even get the credit for it. Uh, And that's the sad part is because like, if something will go so well and it's awesome and the vision is moving forward and like, you're sitting back here like, Hey, that was my idea. I can't remember what yeah. skit it is. It's like the guy, I think it's Saturday Night Live skit, the guy who starts the wave in the stadium yes. and like he's trying to stop it. Like he's trying yeah. to be the guy who's like, I can control like this is me. And like, this is honestly the, the good and the bad news is like when you do this right at the end of the day, it's as sad as it is, don't necessarily expect them to come back and say, hey, thanks so much. We had 1200 people and honestly, it originated with your idea. Uh, it's a weird dynamic like that, and that's where, yeah. as church com people, we have to be able to be like, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about me. Uh, yes, yeah. like we're all kind of smiling because we know, like, um, God used our skill set and, and talent. That's mm-hmm. why He's gifted us, but we've got to be able to celebrate as the mission and vision is moving forward, even if they don't come back and say, "Hey, thanks so much, Seth. Like yeah. your idea was a game changer." Right, um, and yeah. it's just a uh, yeah, go and, ahead.
0: And honestly, if you if you're uh, bought in with the vision and you can just accept that that's going to be your role, you know, that's fine and just keep doing what you do and trying to help move that, that ball down the field. Um, then I think there's a good chance that eventually it they'll pick up yeah. on, on the value of this because you just, you just have to, you just see how it's a component and that's really all you need. Like some of us really want to be like the hero mm. ministry doesn't have heroes, man. It just doesn't. If you're, if you're in it to be a hero, you're in it for the wrong reason. You're just not going to be a hero. And and so if, if you want, you want to be a part of it, that's, that's what you really want. And, and that's what we're fighting for is to is for pastors to understand how digital fits into ministry strategy. And if you can accomplish that where you're part of that team, then don't, I mean, that that's a win. That's a huge win. But if you don't get that for a while, I mean, Your job is not to be recognized. That is not your goal. Mm. It's your goal is to move that, um, move people's hearts towards Christ in some form or fashion. And your your weaponry is digital. Great. Wield it expertly, but understand that no may you might be a ninja and nobody may ever know that you were there. (laughs) (laughs) Just see what you did. That's okay. That's what ninjas do. They come in, they do their job, and they leave. And everybody goes, What happened? Yep. You get to know. That's cool. You know, God will bless that. So it's, it's fine. Just be okay with it. But I, I think this is really, really important. The buy-in, uh, time, money, buy-in, these are all things that communication directors need and never feel like they have or often feel like they don't have. Um, but in truth, there are some things we can do. I think this has been a really helpful conversation, man. Um, any last words of wisdom that you want to impart before we close up here?
2: Man, my last words of wisdom is if you are inspired by this, but you're still like, man, I still got a long way to go to solve this in my context, in my church, then reach out to Seth and say, Seth, will you be my coach? Do you have a resource? <laughs> what can you do to help me? Like, don't stay stuck for goodness sakes. Reach out. You've got a, an incredible resource. If you're already connected with Seth and his resources, reach out to him and say, hey, Let's make this the year that I look back and like we no longer dealing with the limitations of no time, no money, no buy-in. Yeah. Get coaching, get resources, get whatever you need to from Seth and get going and get this solved. All.
0: all right, Ryan, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so oh, yeah. much. Always such wisdom. And you, you're, a, you're a marketing guy. You've been around the, around the horn, you know, and, and just I really appreciate what you're doing, man. So thanks so much for being with us
2: yeah thanks for the invite let's do it again man
0: absolutely